Coming up on the Locked On Ole Miss podcast, we look a little bit at the series against Central Florida and what that means to the baseball team. We talk about basketball and how to fix men's basketball and especially the path we would take. And we also talk a little bit about, is there any really need for a combine? Anyway, this is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. Stick around. You are locked on Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to the Locked On Ole Miss Podcast. This episode of the Locked On Ole Miss Podcast is brought to you by Stat Hero. Stat Hero is reshaping the way you play fantasy sports. Dozen of house-based games to play daily. No sharks, no funky props. Just your skill in the lineups you choose. Sign up today at stathero.com slash locked on. Also, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. So do me a favor and hit um, subscribe. Hit the bell so you'll be notified when new videos are done. And of course, hit the upvote buddy video upvote button for this video. So thank you very much for um, doing that. So. I'm pretty excited about what's going on. Ole Miss took two or three from Central Florida down in Orlando over the weekend. It was a game, it was a series of games that really had three different outcomes if you watched it. The first game was a nice little back and forth slugfest that you saw over and over again. Ole Miss in that game went back to back to back in a home run. On Saturday, it was a pitching clinic. It was one to nothing final in 12 innings. I mean, it was a big game. And this was the question that everybody had about Ole Miss baseball, is the pitching staff. And then Saturday, it was just one, the war down Central Florida and was able to take advantage of them with your offense. You didn't have Kevin Graham. We're waiting to find out um, in what how bad of a shape he's in. Um, I, right now is what we were told is a jammed shoulder, um, a jammed shoulder or jammed um, wrist or something. Um, that the UCF doctors have looked at, but we'll wait to see what the diagnosis is once he gets back to Oxford. He's in a splint right now. Um, That one way or another could affect the season, but Ole Miss was able to win game three, win the series two to one, and that was a big one. And I think the biggest game of the um, set was the middle game, the game that Ole Miss actually lost one to nothing. Because the big question we had going into the season was how was the pitching going to be with no Doug Nikhazy, no Gunnar Hoagland? How would the pitching look? And they were able to just battle. John Gaddis had a heck of a game. Um, Hunter Elliott came in and threw a little bit. And I think Mason Nichols threw a little bit in there as well. And it just stacked up, and they were able to put together a performance. Eventually, um, the last run was given up. Eventually, it's going to happen. Somebody is going to score. But I think the first runner in scoring position all day um, ended up scoring the um, winning run or something like that. But it was a good game. It was a really good game on game one. So game one and game two, it was a war of a series. There's no way to get around it. It was an absolute war. You get to game three, Ole Miss kind of took care of business. That's the story of this series. And to move forward... Um, with the rains expected to come in this week, Tuesday and Wednesday are in jeopardy, and so is Friday. This could be a game that Saturday is two seven-inning games, and Sunday and the, the, it could be like that with the 
weather that is coming in. So be be on the lookout for that and kind of expect the unexpected, for lack of a better term, of the weather. Now, one thing I am excited about, I see Jacob Gonzalez, Tim Elko, um, Peyton Chatagnier, um, TJ McCants, who struggled today, by the way, but he had a he had a breakthrough Friday and kind of got us going. Um, all hit long balls. And if I missed one, I do apologize for that. But they all hit long balls, and you saw exactly how explosive this offense could be. And because of that, you were able to mentally get in the head of a pitcher to where he started aiming at the corners and, you know, and made it real easy to miss because all of a sudden you're not pitching on the outside third of the plate. You're, you're trying to hit the black. Every pitch you're trying to hit the black. And whenever you aim so tightly and you're so focused in, eventually you're going to make a mistake and leave a ball up or you're going to leave a ball over the middle of the plate and the other team is going to be able to take advantage. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy that you really start to focus and lock in because the other team is actually good. You made one mistake to TJ McCants, ended up being three to two, and all of a sudden it's in your head. And the first three batters of the next inning, you just kind of mess up because you're trying to be too precise. So that is very interesting. Like I said, John Gaddis pitched a great game. I am a little bit worried about our Sunday starter and our Friday starter at this point. I, I Now, I think they could both be fine. But today, or yesterday, I should say, Drew McDaniel threw as many strikes as balls, more or less. And that is a recipe for disaster on a Sunday. Um, you need a pitcher to go in there and just fill up the zone on Sunday and let your offense take advantage. You don't want to give them freebies. And, like, today, a drop fly ball, Kemp Alderman, um, was the one run that Central Florida scored in the game. So, mistakes come back to get you in college baseball, especially on a Sunday. And you do not need a pitcher that's giving up free passes, and you need to field the ball pretty well. Whenever a pitcher comes in the game that I've noticed, um, like when Jackson Kimbrell came in the game on Sunday, he threw ground balls. Everybody knows he was going to throw ground balls. The fielding of the defense picked up. I almost feel like, I don't know, like Crash Davis from, um, I can't remember the name of it, Crash Davis. It's in there with Susan Saranda. I forgot the name of it. Uh, Bull Durham. And he said that throw some ground balls, they're more democratic. And you know, strikeouts are fascist. And these people just blowing people away, power pitching and what's going on, kind of gets the defense in trouble because I think maybe they switch off for a little bit. But whenever you know something's going to come to you, you're on high alert. On Saturday, with John Gaddis pitching, when you knew balls were going to come off the um, come off of him, there was no errors. They were on guard. They They played a good defensive game. I think whenever a pitcher that puts in up a lot of Ks is in the game, it, the defense kind of takes a beat, takes a breath. And because of that, it, it can be fairly scary. But it was a good series win for Ole Miss. Now, I've told you over and over again, any loss can be regretted. Any loss shaves your margin of error for later in the season. We're trying to get a top eight seed. We're not just trying to host. We're trying to get a top eight seed. And because of that, the standards will be a little bit higher. It's a two-in-one series that 
with a little bit of work from the bats could have been um, an Ole Miss win as well. It is what it is. Let's see. Football might be over this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops from the latest odds, totals, to player performance props. Where the next fire coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online, where the game starts. March Madness is only a few weeks away. That means you need to start thinking now about where you're going to be running your brackets this year. Are you going for the usual or are you looking for the best? We've done our homework here and we're running brackets with RunYourPool.com. Along with standard brackets, RunYourPool offers game types like Survivor or Pick X, both pretty fun in their own way. They have options to edit scoring. They offer more intel to help you make your picks. All stuff you won't find at ESPN or CBS. So if you got a business, Run Your Pool can help you take some of that madness magic and play along inside your employees, or even gain some customers. Plus, they offer full white glove customer support, custom branding, and of one of the easiest three-minute setups you'll ever find. Clearly, we believe in Run Your Pool because, like I said, we're running our brackets there ourselves. There's no truer test than that. If you want to play against us and for a shot at a cash prize, Join us at runyourpool.com slash locked on. And while you're there, create your own pool for your friends and family to enter and enter pure madness at checkoff for $10 off. All the rules and details will be available there. That's runyourpool.com slash locked on for your chance to win a cash prize. We look forward to seeing and beating you there. All right. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Make sure to check out Locked On Bracket Breakdown March 14th right here on Locked On Ole Miss podcast, podcast feed and YouTube channel. College basketball experts Chris Gordy, Andy Patton, and leading expert Lee Sterling give you in-depth breakdowns on every matchup. That's right here on this channel, the Locked On Bracket Breakdown. So in the first segment, we talked a little bit about um, the baseball series that happened over the weekend. Let's talk a little bit about basketball because I think all of us are thinking the same thing where Honestly, thank goodness the season's over. This this has been a terribly snake-bit season. And I'm just glad after Wednesday it'll probably be um, one for the record books. Maybe they win a game. Maybe they play on Thursday. But all they have is the SEC tournament, and this season is over. Gonzo. It's all she wrote. And then we can um, sit there with probably transfers that are going to get processed that are and that are going to come in. You're going to see our signing classes start to pop up. We've got a decent signing class. There's three top 100 players coming in this year. That's going along with Eric Vanderheiden and James White and Deshaun Ruffin. And we don't know if Jarkel Joyner is going to come back. This team is going to come back in better shape than they were. Robert Allen will be back as well. Just need to replace a big man. You replace that big man, all of a sudden you can start cooking with gas a little bit when it comes to an athlete, if you can find an athletic seven-footer. But honestly, do not expect Kermit to go anywhere, and nor do I expect he should go anywhere because this season was ruined by injuries. I know people are going to look at what happened and everything and think that somehow it's Kermit's fault and he should battle through it. But if you look at it like this, most of the season, there were 40% of our starting lineup that was injured. 
some games 60 and 80 percent and if you notice that and you think of that you automatically see that this was not a horrible coaching job by Kerman it was it was a ruined season it was a game to where if he could have had the team he wanted to have this might have been a little bit of a different story they still forced three or four teams to overtime they got beat by South Carolina buzzer beater they're they're actually fairly close to eight or nine wins as it is. And that includes a game at Thompson Bowling. That includes um, scrapping out against Auburn because Auburn at home, that game was in Ole Miss's hands as well. This is a team that the more healthy it was, it was dangerous. Now, the big offseason that is going to be for anybody is for Jamin Brakefield. He's got some work to do, and he needs to develop. He has the skills to be an Ansu Cisse level player of the year. For those that do not remember, about 25 years ago, Ansu Cisse was the SEC player of the year. That is the skills that Jamin Brakefield has. He has excellent around the basket. He just needs to not force three-point shots, rebound, and kind of become a little bit of a confident force inside. That's where his net game needs to develop, is on the inside, not necessarily out towards the three-point line. Everybody wants to be pick and pop. But you need to really be the threat one or the other so that can work. Deshaun Ruffin, um, we'll see how he goes after his surgery. You're looking at uh, six or seven months um, from operation to him getting back on the court. We'll see what he looks like. Um, Jarkel Joyner, if he comes back, be interesting to see. The new guys as well. Um, I think we signed a point card, I forget his name, that scored like 38 points, 10 rebounds, and 8 assists in his last game. So good players are coming in. So just expect that good players are coming in. Have confidence that they're going to be able to turn this around. This isn't a Kermit is a bad coach situation. Because people are always going to default to fire the coach whenever, I don't know, kind of emotionally insecure um, that there has to be reaction. There, there, there can be no such thing as just a disaster that happens for no reason. And that is what happened this year. A disaster happened for no reasons. We got injured. We were out sometimes upwards of 60-70% of the starting lineup. And because of that, they were playing with one arm tied behind their back. They just, they just were. And I think everybody needs to realize what is going on there. Also, it came out today Ole Miss is projected as a sixth seed as the U.S. or the, the women's basketball team um, prepares for March Madness. They seem to be guaranteed in. They're looking at about fourth in the SEC. And Coach O has done a phenomenal job. And this is an excellent guidepost post for Kermit Davis. Two years ago, um, Coach O went 0-16 in the SEC. It went 6-10 and 10 last year, and this year they won like 10 games. So that's a major turnaround of five-plus games like each time the calendar turned over. And because of Shakira Austin and those five stars and what's going on, they became a really good team. There's a couple of little things that they need to work on and develop with. They have weaknesses. They're not there yet, but they're getting there. And congratulations to Coach O and their girls for doing that because of their work and their sacrifice and all that things they're going they're preparing for a march madness tournament event in a couple of days and that is just really really cool
I think it'll end up being like Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and Monday or something like that. I can't remember what they do, but March Madness is like staggered um, both ways. But it should be quite interesting to see um, as this develops on. So congratulations to Coach Yo and her team. Kentucky, believe it or not, beat South Carolina and won the SEC tournament in women's basketball today. But, man, I do love March Madness and those brackets, but I can't remember the last time I actually went deep or even won any money. I'm hedging my bets this year with Stat Heroes NCAA Pick'em Contest. Stat Heroes NCAA Single Game Pick'em pits the star players against each other in an amazing hybrid between fantasy and sports gambling. Take control back from the handicappers that always seem to have the advantage. Start focusing on the players you know best with the gameplay, that doesn't even rely on big spreads, long odds, or funky props. Stat Hero gives you the advantage, resulting in the gamers winning four times more often. Why? Because Stat Hero eliminates the mystery about who or what you are going up against. So, here's the game I'm going with tonight. Oh, that's going on whenever we do the ad lib, by the way. But here's the call to action. So sign up for free right now at stothero.com slash locked on. Use promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. That's stathero.com slash locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. That's all one word. Use promo code locked on, all one word, for a 100% match. Stathero.com slash locked on, promo code locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Also, this is the time of year I've pretty much given up on all my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. This year, I'm sticking my resolution to eat right thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the Puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on some of Built Bar's best-tasting bars. Puffs are the first-ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Um, 100% real chocolate. So they're low-calorie, high-protein. Replace your candy bars with these. They're better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Mint chocolate, mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. They're all delicious. They're all new flavors, and they're coming out all the time. If you think a flavor might be good, they'll make it. It'll be delicious, and it'll be good for you. At Built Bar, they're all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first and then figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how they do it, but they pull it off every single time. So here's the offer. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, thanks for making Locked On Ole Miss your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. So do me a favor and go to YouTube, hit subscribe, hit the bell, and of course, upvote the video itself. We'd appreciate it very much. Now, our topic today is about the combine. And specifically, what use does the combine actually have? Now, understand that it's an excuse to get a bunch of media people and GM together and they do a bunch of extra business at the same time. But the combine is turned into a made-for-TV job interview, a made-for-TV event where players opt out about as many times as they don't and just do what they feel like doing. And the pro day carries most of the water for these guys moving forward. Now, in many cases, the combine is a position where you can put up numbers and do things that were unexpected 
that can improve your draft stock if you can repeat them at your pro deck. But for the most part, people are opting out of bowl games for this. People are not wanting to get hurt for this when you just opt out of this and there's no repercussions whatsoever. There's people that might not throw, they might not run, they might not lift, they might not do a certain drill. Anything that is viewed as negative, they will not do. So why do the combine? If they're not all going to participate, why invite them in the first place? Is it, I mean, I, is it for the interview or is it for the job interview? When you talk to them, because you can send people to where they are anyway. It's not like they're hiding. You can conduct the interviews where you need to conduct the interviews. It doesn't have to be in Indianapolis. Is this a situation where just the general managers get around and talk over and over again? We heard stories about Jimmy Garoppolo being a Saints potential trade victim. I say victim um, this season. So is it the GMs getting together? Is it is it the SEC um, spring meetings, but in combine form? Or is it such manufactured entertainment that we'll just buy anything that the NFL sells? It doesn't mean anything. This isn't draft orders. Things aren't happening for a reason. These are just people that might run a 40, they might throw the ball, they might run the receiving drills and do things that don't really pertain to playing football. There's a drill where receivers run across the field and they catch six balls and turn up the sideline. How does that affect you for football? What it is is to make sure that you run in a straight line with your eyes up while you're looking for the football, that you're not varying side to side. But it's not really going to be an effective thing. If you look at DK Metcalf, his three-cone drill destroyed him and cost him draft stock time. He went down very seriously in the draft. And it was all because of that three-cone drill. DK Metcalf is one of the best players in the NFL and does exactly what was needed to do. But in that three-cone drill was not relevant at all. So it cost you draft stock, cost you money. It's not something that's going to affect you moving forward. So I just don't think the combine has a place in football. Do the pro days. Um, interview individually. Don't set it up like an Olympic Games and try and get people invested in an event where you might run the 40 yards at a time or do football-specific drills or throw the football because if they aren't where they want to be, they're not going to do it to begin with. And the people that you want to see are those people. They want to see how Matt Corral throws the football after his injury. They want to see how Kenny Pickett can do, can does if he has small hands and how that will affect him moving forward. They want to see what Malik Willis looks like. Malik Willis is killing the interview process. It's all planned. It's all staged. From January until now, they are trained in how to act, how to answer questions, how to throw the football, even how to um, run the 40-yard dash. All of this is trained. It's a two-month crash course. These aren't the players that you saw before this. You, this is a highlight reel version of those same players. Wouldn't it be better if the combine was gone, those two months were just sent off into the abyss, and teams just met with players? No response, no, no pressure, no anything. But it just removes the combine training out of the equation. It's just an interesting thought. 
because this is made for made for TV entertainment. There's nothing real valuable that is coming out of this. They might say it is, but there's not. There's players that did marginally well at the combine that is going to go in the sixth round. Tom Brady was a sixth-round pick. He was not a combine warrior. Jamarcus Russell went in and aced every step of the way of the combine. He was the first pick overall. He also washed out of the league in a hurry. The combine is not a guarantee for draft. It is just a data point, and the fact that we are all watching them makes it kind of weird, kind of creepy, because I don't know of a situation where um, a person can get paid doing real well in the NFL running 40 yards at a time in a straight line. I just don't know. So there's football-specific drills designed to mimic what is going on. But at the end of the day, <laughs> it is what it is. Anyway, I think the combine, uh, it, it should just, it should go to the way of the Buffalo, honestly. It, it's made for TV entertainment. I did not watch a minute of it, um, even though eight Ole Miss players were involved. Um, congratulations, I guess, to you know Matt Corral and Snoop Connor and um, um, Samuel and... Jerry Neely and Dontario Drummond and those guys. So just to understand with the combine, there's going to be rumors, but it's all going to be basic rumors because the pro days is becoming where the, honestly, the meat is being made. It's honestly becoming the important part because you can see them other than every team seeing them at the same time. It, let's say Miami is not interested in Matt Corral and does not want to go to Ole Miss's Pro Day. Well, if somebody is there, there's 10 coaches there, there's 10 teams that might have an upper hand on Miami. There's not 10 teams that would have an upper hand on Miami in Indianapolis. That's all I'm saying. It, it's just, like I said, it's made for TV entertainment. It's designed to get us to the draft at least spring football is here to actually do something realistic to where we don't have to pretend that this stuff is important. It is what it is. Anyway, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available on all podcasts, including YouTube. Do us a favor, hit subscribe, hit the bell, and hit the upvote button. Um, we will start looking um, at Derek Vandegrift, and he's going to dig deep into the baseball weekend. So now make your second listen, Locked On NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on pro football, on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Anyway, I had a good time today. Tune in tomorrow for um, Derek Vandegrift. We're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to talk UCF. We're going to talk weather. And hopefully we're going to talk Laura Roberts. So anyway, take care.
March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.